Let's bow our heads and pray to the Lord. Father God, you are the giver of all good things. Thank you for welcoming us into your presence this morning. Thank you for bringing us here despite all barriers. Thank you for bringing us here to worship together as fellowship. We are standing before our maker and we're giving our all. Father, we come with our minds empty, our hearts open, and our ears ready to receive all that you have to give us today. Thank you, Jesus, for those who are here in this building and for those who are listening online. I just pray, God, that you will bless us, fill us, and bring us peace and understanding of your love. In your precious and heavenly name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Madison. Brandon, is my mic working? Excellent. Well, thank you. Well, welcome, church family. Uh, happy Sabbath. We're glad that you are here. So um, a little while ago, we were uh, doing the morning prayer that we do with the worship team as they're getting ready and um, everybody's sharing something that uh, that they experienced this week and how God has been present uh, in their journey. And one of the things that came up was the ambience, the environment that this group of people creates and how happy when you go into the room, how happy you feel to see them all smiling, excited to talk to God, to see God, but also to give their gifts to God. And I think that's, that is beautiful, especially because we're dealing with, with the youth, you know, people that could be somewhere else on Saturday morning, but they choose to be here in the house of God. So... Um, Glad you're here. So uh, last Saturday, I had the opportunity to, to be here as well. And so I'm going to introduce myself again. I hope you don't get tired, but I am Edwin Argueta. And I am Janelle Argueta. <laughs> and this is my beautiful wife. And uh, we have, um, we've been friends for 21 years. And we've been married, let's see. Honey, 19 years. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, honey. 19 years. Time passes very quickly. We are the proud parents of Madison and Brandon. Love seeing those kids here. It is, it is um, the greatest honor, you know, raising those kids with you, honey. And uh, for me, it's special because, uh, and, and, and for you as well, right? This is the first opportunity that we have. So, Thank you, Matt, because he's the one that sets us up here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so, I think come now about a month ago, we were talking in the in in the break room over there in the lunch room, and uh, he's actually the one who suggested uh, the topic of this conversation today. He said, "I think we should talk about marriage." child rearing and relationships and so that is the subject uh for today and so since we are a family are we a church family yes we are, we are. amen so 
as any good family, I think it's important that we talk about relationships and how do we move forward? How do we become better at the things that matter most in life, right? And so uh, that is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and let's look at our notes over here, honey. Do you have? Well, yes, I actually, I can tell you exactly what we would like to conduct actually next. And this involves all of you. Um, it's a little raising of the hand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything major. But I would like to know, and I'd like you all to take a look around and see what the response is. First of all, I'd like to know if there's anybody in this house right now who has been married for 50 years or more? If you have, raise your hand. Oh, we have somebody back there, 50 years or more. This is wonderful. So exciting. Okay, I'd like to see, raise your hands if you've been married 25 years or more. 25 years or more. We have several, several. This is huge. All right, how about 15 years or more? 15 years or more. Babe, that's you and me. We're in that category too. We get to raise our hand. Matt gets to raise his hand. Fantastic. How about five years or more? Five years or more. Five years or more. Good. This is wonderful. How about newlyweds? Do we have any one year, one year or less? One year or less? No newlyweds in this whole house? No? Okay. That's okay. We're working on that. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that coming. Keep that coming. How about, just for fun, how about anybody who's engaged? Is anybody engaged in this building? How about online? Raise your hand online if you are engaged. We're excited about you. Well, God is good, and he's going to continue to bring those things and those blessings to us. This is something that we are really passionate about. My husband and I are really, really passionate about relationships, which then, of course, often lead to marriage. And um, so today we're actually going to be um, learning. We're going to start out our sermon this morning by learning from three couples who've been married for more than 20 years, and they have blessed us with the opportunity to spend some time in their home these last few weeks. Thank you to the camera team who was able to come into their homes and get all set up. And we got to sit and just talk to them and listen and hear their stories. And I think it's really important for those of us who are in the trenches sometimes, we need to hear it from people who've made it through to the other side. And not to say that problems end after 20 years, right? But this is a really great opportunity to be able to hear from people who have been able to go through some of those challenges of marriage and in relationships. And so we're really excited about being able to listen and learn. This is a 20-minute video, and I just encourage you to sit back, relax, and receive. Okay? And then we'll be back. We knew each other for six months, then we started dating, we dated a year, and then we got engaged, and then we got married six months later, seven months later. But you were long distance for? A year. A year. Yeah, we dated long distance a year. Because we were engaged a year and a half before, you know, we even got married. A year and a half? I don't know, you do the year. numbers, babe. We were engaged for a year, and we dated for... A year, maybe two years. But we knew each other from high school. So, and I'm older than him. So I was a senior and he was a sophomore. In high school. In high school. And it wasn't until we got to college that we caught up. We had one date in high school. Yeah. Because she didn't want to make her boyfriend jealous who couldn't come back for a party. And I was the preacher's kid, so. I would do it. What can I say? <laughs> it's true. Guess I showed him, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, me too. 
four about four years four or five yeah. years yeah and then how long were you engaged only about six months weren't we six seven months mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right so go back and tell me about how the meeting and the process and all of that went how we first met how you first met i'll let you tell us you want me to tell the story went through a mutual friend but he can tell the story so um we had a mutual friend and um the aforementioned pizza hut that we talked about i was in there with some of my buddies and um judy and her friend came in and i saw them up there so i just strolled up and started talking to deborah and i said by the way deborah who's your friend here oh this is judy you know so i said well, hi judy and and uh I was rather bold at the time because, you know, you may never see anybody again, so if you don't ask then, you may never get to ask again. And uh, the worst thing they can do is say no. So uh, I remember asking her if she was dating someone, and she said yes. I said, I said, who is he? And I knew the guy. I said, well, wouldn't you like to date somebody a little older? And she says, no. <laughs> I said, okay. So I turned around and went back. Oh my goodness, just like that. <laughs> yeah, I just turned around and went back to my seat. But that's how we met. Love it. And how I was turned you? down. I was 18, I think. I think 19. You were a freshman in college. Oh, okay. I was 16. Yeah, she was a youngster. And then a few months later, my boyfriend and I broke up, and I was at the same, the mutual friend. I was at her house, and he happened to call her. Yeah, because we were and friends. she's like, guess who's here? And so... I got on the phone, we talked on the phone, and he asked me for my number. And I gave it to him, so. Well, one thing, she seemed to like me. She was as hot then as she is now. <laughs> um, and, I don't know, she was easy to talk to. We had a lot of times where we just talked about stuff. We would, um, I had a certain class, and when I got finished with that class, he ran the desk where in like the student center. And so I would come over and we would play a board game or something. So our friendship um, really grew out of that, just laughing. And you know, he has a sense of humor. So to me, that's really important. You gotta laugh. If you can't laugh through life, how you gonna make it? <laughs> Go ahead and answer that. I would, I felt like I knew for a long time when we were dating, like I knew I was going to marry him. I didn't know how it was all going to play out or because we were in different places. We were different religions. We were, you know, but I just knew. Yeah, she was different than anyone I had dated before. Mm -hmm. So it, it was more on the serious side. I don't know about quicker, but I took it more serious. Well, for me, for me, I really, really, really missed her. And uh, when we weren't dating, I really, really missed her. And then I saw her in town one time. Uh, she was working in town during the summer, as I was. And I saw her, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I need to try to get her back. 
because she's she's the one. She's she's the one. And uh, and I don't know what made you realize that because I called you and you, yeah, tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he. We were, we had been broke up. We were, I was back home from college for the summer. We'd kind of seen each other. I was actually dating somebody else. He called and wanted Again. to know. <laughs> gonna let that one, wasn't gonna let that one go. So he called and said, can I come over and we'll, and just talk. So I said, yes. So we ended up talking for a long, long, long time. And I said, you know, I, I don't want, I'm not going to do this again, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to date who I'm dating and, and we're, I'm not going to go through this again. So he said, okay. So he, I didn't really say it that way, but, but I did say, okay, that I had so, resolved at that time that she was no longer interested in me. So, so about, I don't know, that really got me to thinking. So I called, um, I thought, okay, I still really like him. I don't want to like him, but I still really care about him. So about three days later, it was on a Friday evening. I get up my nerve. I decide I'm going to call his house. You know, nobody, we didn't have cell phones. So I'll call his house. His mom answered. Of course, we know each other. And um, so I said, you know, said, hey, and wanted to talk to Jerry. And she said, well, he's out on a date. No time to be wasted. <laughs> I was I was resolved. I mean, she told me no. Yeah. You know, so that's how he rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so. then when she when we got in touch with each other again, I mean, it was you know when she said that she wanted to try, then it made me very very happy. Well, the first time we met was my parent. My dad was a new minister in her church and her family invited us for a Sabbath lunch. Um, so we went to their house and she had cooked the meal. Her, her mom, she had cooked the meal for her mom. She was this like, she was brunette at the time, rocking. I noticed that. She was an older woman, that caught my attention. <laughs> You're not gonna let that die, are you? Yeah, man. I'm gonna just point that out multiple times. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, she was very, very nice and kind and had done this thing, the whole meal for her parents. And I knew we were going to be going to the same school together in like two weeks, even though she was two weeks, uh, two years ahead of me. That's right. That's about her. I, I actually noticed his mind first because I like smart people and I like to talk with people about stuff and 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 Howard and I have always been able to have good intellectual discussions about things because I enjoy a intelligent person. I thought maybe it's because you saw how much my mind was blown. Yeah, yeah, that's it, babe. <laughs> <laughs> she had big hair. <laughs> yeah. My friends invited me over and said they had someone they wanted me to meet. And she came through the door, and she literally had to turn to get through the door. So Okay. She was little, but the hair was big. So it just stands out. I can still see it. She asked. Yeah. I thought she was awfully cute. 
or I wouldn't have walked up there. Mm-hmm. So I, I, she caught my eye. I thought she was awfully cute. I thought, of course, he was very friendly <laughs> and very outgoing. <laughs> I thought he was kind of cute, too, and very just talkative. <laughs> he noticed me, so, oh, wow, okay. Even though I said no, I was like, well, he noticed me. Sounds like the kind of a trap question for an old person, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for us, it would be more difficult. I think in their generation, they've grown up with this technology. The only thing that bothers me about it is I think you can throw a whole lot of filters on there, and you can look real good online. That's not your reality. I think the online, <laughs> you're you're not always seeing what you're going to get. Everybody wants to put their best face and best foot forward, uh, and so that that can be dangerous. If you if you're just reading everything and that's the person you want, that may not be the person you get. But uh, the old-fashioned way is not a bad way. Uh, <laughs> I think when we were dating, you kind of went out as a couple, and it seemed like when our kids came along, they would go out more in groups. Mm-hmm. Um, safer and I don't know what but uh, I don't know what they're doing now but uh, <laughs> I'm glad we don't online. have to go there again <laughs> yeah. yeah stay around I don't want to start over <laughs> uh, I kind of lost because I don't know what what they're dealing with now well I, I mean the, our phones you know social media everything is so invasive um there's a connection, but I'm not sure that it's always a real connection. It maybe it can be a crutch sometimes for you know, it's easy to type anything, you know, and emoji anything and but you know, when you've gotta actually say it to somebody, look them in the eye, you know, I would say don't don't use technology and media and all that as a crutch, as an excuse for having conversations. You know, you have to talk, and we, we did. We we spent a lot of money on phone bills, talking, and being able to go visit each other, and you know, doing things, going places, see, you know, having experiences together, and those are memories. I haven't thought about this at all till just now, but uh, what comes to mind is, for me. It would be a safe way to meet someone in today's age, so to speak. You know, I'm, I'm distancing myself, and I can get to know this person a little bit through social media. I can maybe get some vibes back and forth, maybe. But it's important. I mean, the, the face-to-face is just is just very important. And 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 you know, I'm, I'm old school, and even at work. I build relationships face-to-face. Email, phone call, I mean, you can do some things on the phone. We've shown we can over the last year. You know, we can can still keep businesses moving. We can still sell things and move things and all that. But for me, I, I, I create the best relationships, whether it's a work relationship or a friendship or, or with my, my spouse, is face-to-face. It's 
harder. If you're going to pursue that relationship in authenticity, you have to not go into it expecting that the relationship requires the other person to change. Uh, might have to be a long-suffering type of uh, single journey, you know, maybe forever. And if you're you know, willing to take that chance and be and be willing to live with that, then, but it's harder. I think it's not a biblical recommendation. Uh, and I think the Bible is wise, not being unequally yoked. Um, but we have seen friends manage it. And um, it just seemed like it'd be harder. I don't think I could do it. If I didn't already have Howard, I don't think I could be in a relationship with someone who didn't love the Lord. Because for me, that's a vibrant part of my daily life. My connection with God and talking with Him and studying the Word is so much a part of my life that I can't imagine being with somebody that that's not their same connection. That's a slippery slope right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. If you go into anything saying, I'm going to change this person, mm -hmm. you're probably going to be disappointed. Uh, you can become friends, great mm -hmm. friends, uh, but that's where we were able to have those conversations over the phone, <laughs> long distance, uh, to get on the same page. And if you just, yeah, like she said, if we, were, if we were in person, we would just kind of swept it under the rug and gone on. And, and if you if you are just put blinders on because you like this person, just be very careful. For me personally, I would, they would have to be a believer. I think I, we would have to have serious conversations about that because then you think about if you if you're going to be together, if you're going to spend your life together, what about children? How are your children going to be raised? Um, I think that would require some very serious conversation. Yeah, it has some lifelong implications. Uh, to be honestly, I don't think when we were dating, we really thought a lot about that. Well, uh, I knew you were a Christian. Yeah, but I mean, not being of the same uh, denomination or whatever. No, so. but you you were a believer. Yeah, I that's that's hard uh, because. You know, it's kind of like a roll of the dice. Sometimes if the relationship's strong enough that you can deal with that and be okay. Sometimes it, it, it won't be. Sometimes later on, like we did, uh, you know, you become of the same faith. Uh, but it's, it's a big decision. It's something that should be weighed heavily. I mean, because you really need to look past tomorrow. Just like Judy said, when you have kids, how are you gonna raise your kids? One should be that you have the same financial goals. Um, because if one person is a big time spender and they uh, don't wanna stay within a budget, it can be harmful to your relationship if you both don't have financial goals to get certain things paid for. Um, and so if one person is too tight with their money or whatever, then that can cause, well, no, you're, you're really not. You're not that way. We, throughout our marriage, and early in our marriage, we decided that we wouldn't spend a certain dollar amount without discussing it with each other. If you can't do that with your future partner, then you're gonna have problems because money and children 
bring up a lot of disagreements. I would say have a similar commitment to a faith life mm -hmm. and I would say have authentic transparent conversations about what your desires and goals are for family life should have those conversations you know I mean if you get sit with a marriage counselor they're going to talk you through those kind of things but just have those conversations with each other be be nice to have as few surprises as possible you know <laughs> after the after the knot is tied and then you find out oh you, you don't want kids oh okay that's a problem and honest honesty and faithfulness are important that you're faithful even emotionally to the person you marry and honesty if you can't speak honestly to the person that can cause a big problem if you feel like you have to hold back then um, and the birds agree <laughs> what do you think I think you need to be friends too mm -hmm. um, you need to like each other you have some do, of the maybe, same maybe, interests. Yeah, maybe maybe you know maybe you, you love each other, but you need to like each other too. You need to mm -hmm. like being around them and spending time and doing stuff together. You need to you know you, you need to be um, uh, flexible enough to do things maybe you don't necessarily like with your spouse because that's what they like to do, and vice versa. You know, it's it's not all about you. It's 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 you're in this thing together, and mm -hmm. and so you know it's it's. For for us, you know, I she was a golf widow for a while because I played a lot of golf when we first got married, and uh, but there 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 were things that we did that we did together. We did that a lot was just, of things just us together, together, and we enjoyed doing things together. Right. I think that's very important. We enjoy doing things together, being together, going places together. Yeah, um, but I think it's I think it's very important to like the person you're with. Uh, because that's who you're spending the rest of your life with. And if you don't like them, well, after the the hot mess this when you first are together, you know, after that dies down, then what do you have? You know, well, you sit in your recliner and you, you, you read and you don't even talk to the other person, you know. So uh, I, I think it's very important to be friends. And, and Judy is my best friend because I can tell Judy anything. And that's important. You need to be able to communicate and talk to each other and have that faith in that person that they're not going to judge you. They're, they're just there to maybe sometimes just to listen. Maybe they're there to help, to offer ideas of how to do something differently or and better. And you're not going to tell anybody and else. And you're not going to tell anybody else. If he tells else. me, don't tell anybody this. I'm, I'm not going to. And, so, and, and, and we don't keep secrets because... No. Right. right, because that's that's almost like being dishonest a secret is like you're hiding something so it's not truthful so even sometimes it's even though you it's really hard we're always honest with each mm -hmm. other but, but i like spending time with judy we laugh a lot you know and 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 do playful things together and he's very just, silly yeah and and <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, so I really, I. yeah, I'm I really, I really like Judy. And again, she's my, she's, she is my best friend.
Yes, yes, please do. We're very thankful to those three couples who spent their time and, you know, really just handled some, some good conversation beautifully, and we got to learn a little bit more about their stories. So what did you think? Well, Howard, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, I think for me, it makes me uh, go back and, and learn what, what a great testimony when people come together and, you know, are able to overcome differences to form a beautiful relationship and make life together. You know, that's what we were created to be. God made us, you know, to fulfill a unique purpose in this life. So I want to thank the three couples that, that were willing, and please do, yes, that were willing to open their house, their hearts. It's not easy to talk about your relationship and what happens at home. And so I want to commend them for, for, for doing that. And I also want to say that there are many other couples in our church, many other uh, people who could have and should have been in the video. But in the interest of time, we chose three couples. But I do want to uh, say that there are many relationships, many uh, couples here in our church family that are also serving as solid blueprints to a great relationship so thank you again for uh for um you know just sharing and uh and opening up so um i think one part that we didn't ask uh probably when when we started was also that there are people in our church family especially the young adults that may not be in a relationship but they're curious, you know, they want to know what it takes to form, to enter into a great relationship. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So the essentials for healthy relationships. Okay, so when I go back to that video and I looked at all of these people that talked, I hear the essentials for a great relationship. I hear time. Patience, perseverance, I hear tolerance, forgiveness, and what about communication? Did, 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 you, did you get the idea that these people talk a lot? Did you get the idea that they like each other? What about beliefs? Like, are they united in, in God? Does God play a part in that life, in those relationships? Did you, did you pay attention to when they were answering questions and how also, you know, they, they thought that they weren't in one of them, not all of them, but one of them thought that that was it, that the person had turned them down and, and that was it, that, you know, it wasn't going to happen. But when God has that partner for you, it does not matter. You will come together. So 
we're going to talk about here, again, more about the essentials, but also we're going to, uh, we want to know what the Bible tells us about love and relationships because ultimately it is love who have, has held those people together for 30, 40, 19 in our case, and, and many here in, in our church family together. It is love. Love is the glue. Love is the secret ing ingredient. And, and that love comes from God. That love comes from God. So, so what do you look for then in people? How do you select the right partner? How do you know that this will end up well? How do you marry somebody for life? What does it take? What do you look for? And so let's be real. We have uh, a very good crowd in our church family that, you know, that are probably in that stage of life, right? In the market, as we say it. <laughs> Would you agree that it is um, it is is getting harder to find good people nowadays? We had a really interesting um, questionnaire we had sent out on on Instagram asking young adults if you had an opportunity to ask somebody who's been married for you know twenty plus years some questions, and you know half 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 of those responses were, "How do I meet?" my spouse to be it has become much harder especially in 2020 really hard and 2021 <laughs> it's a little bit easier this year I think. that is right so um i think the the key part also um is first of all knowing yourself being anchored in god because all good things come from god that love comes from God. Let's turn to uh, a Bible verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. I think there's a slide for that. They'll put it up in the screen so that you can read it there. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says, the word of God says, and above all things have fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sins have fervent love and I, and I looked up fervent and it said passionate intensity it was a very strong word and we are instructed not only as spouses but as believers in Christ to have fervent love for one another that's a passionate intensity. That's a lot of love. Did you get the sense that these couples that were in the video had fervent love for each other? Did you notice how Howard spoke of his spouse fervently? Those are blueprints. Those are blueprints. So, as the essentials then for a relationship for a good relationship, for to enjoy that quality relationship, what the Bible says is that the key ingredient is 
is love. And so first is the godly love, the love that God's, God puts in our hearts that allows us to love anyone. But then it becomes something else, that special someone that we're looking for that that has those characteristics, those things that uh, Howard and Mary Lee were talking about, you know, main things that you would want in a partner, in a life partner. And so it begins at home. I don't think a person can just show up and be great at relationship if you haven't practiced at home. Yeah, I would like to see by a show of hands how many people walked into their marriage ready for it. They were embraced and ready to go. How many of we were experts at love when you first walked into the marriage? No, it took work. It took a lot of work for some. Right, and it, and it begins there at home. Um, I would say, uh, you know, that all of these essentials start at home. You know, you learn how to love your parents, uh, your siblings, you know, other people, so that when you go out, into the world you are you know in a way prepared to to be able to uh, to love other people and to tolerate other people to be uh, patient to be kind do you get the sense that those people that were in the video were rude to each other or loving understanding kind Later in a verse, we're going to talk about more in detail about this. But all healthy relationships have four things in common. They have four things in common. Would you like to lead us into that? Yes. So the first thing that you see in a healthy relationship is trust. Because after all, how can I continue to grow and move from where I've started if I cannot trust my partner. So in their actions, in their words, if I'm constantly second-guessing what's going on, I'm stuck. I can't move forward in this relationship. And he can't move forward in his relationship with me if I don't learn to trust and if he doesn't learn to trust. So number one is trust. The second thing is commitment. When you say... I'm in this relationship, or then you say, I'm marrying this person. There's no going back. I'm committed to death. That's what our vows say. And it becomes even more of a challenge when those, those life things rise up, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I committed, but I didn't know he was going to do this. Or I committed, but I didn't realize she was this type of a person. Those are the trenches. That's where it gets hard. And that's where Satan works in our head and decides, hey, this isn't really what you were meant to be in. It's time to look elsewhere. This is really, really key that when you get committed into a relationship, you're committed for life. And that also means that you hold each other accountable through those hard times. The next thing that we see in healthy relationships, including the ones that we just saw, was vulnerability. Wow, how easy is that? When you are able to show all the cards that you hold to another person, you expose yourself. That's a scary place to be, to feel exposed and to 
know that it's very possible he can hurt me because he knows everything about me. I've now shown him all of me, and now what? But those are where, that's where the commitment carries on. That's where it grows from there because now he sees me and he still loves me. And I realize now we're strong and we can carry on through that. He knows everything there is to be known about me and vice versa. And we've been able to carry through those things. The last thing we see that's really an important and vital part, maybe even one of the most important parts to a relationship is communication. One of the things that I love about our relationship is that we talk about everything. And sometimes a little too much, but for us, that's what we needed. We needed to be able to communicate, hey, when you did this, that was really hurtful to me. Or that, when you said that to me, oh my gosh, in front of all those people, that was so wonderful. It really touched my heart. We communicate our joys and our frustrations with each other. We don't go to our best friend or our child or our parents and complain about each other. We need to start here. This is where the, the connection needs to be. He is my best friend. I don't have another best friend to go and complain about him to. He is my best friend. And when I learn to rely on him and be solid in my communication, that's where these things grow. 19 years, we still have more to go, but this has been the four that we have seen in those stable relationships. These are the four that have held these together. We have another verse we'd like to bring up, and this is a really powerful verse. And I highly suggest that if you have a Bible, I'd like to encourage you to not just read what is on the screen, but to open your Bible, highlight it. If you have a Bible app, highlight that verse, because it's really, really important that you study and understand what these words say. And we're going to go through them together. But let's go ahead and open our word, and we're going to read this verse together first. All right, so let's open our Bibles then as... Janelle says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. And this is the main, this is the meat of our conversation today. We're going to pause on this scripture for most of our time uh, left this morning with you guys. Because there is a lot of wisdom, there is a lot of practical things that we can learn from. So I'm going to read the word of God. Love suffers and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It is not provoke. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things, hopes all things, and love endures all things. Love never fails. Wow. Wow. That scripture is packed with nuggets of goodness. And I would like to say that the as we break it down, I want to get into this word a little bit deeper, but as we do, I'm going to go with the concept of relationships as the spousal 
but I, I want to encourage you also to look at it. If you don't have a spouse, this is a, a, a commandment about love to all. It's not just with regards to relationships, uh, this type of relationship. This is talking about brother-sister. This is talking about friendships. This is talking about mothers, fathers. All of our relationships can act in this way. So please receive this in the way that is personal to you. But I'd like to break open and, and really go back and go through that verse again, if we can just switch back to that verse. And let's just read a little deeper about it. Love suffers. Suffers. If you think about it, when you're in a relationship where things are getting really tough and you cannot get this person to communicate with you or you with them, it does feel like suffering sometimes. Sometimes you wonder, can I carry on like this anymore if this person cannot communicate with me that I need the way that I need them to? It can feel like suffering. And yet you continue on because that's what the scripture says. But it also is kind. When our kids were little and they would bicker and snit at each other, our favorite phrase was, speak with kindness and respect. We said it all the time. I think... I don't think they ever heard anything nearly as much as we, they heard. Speak with kindness and respect. Because kindness, what does that mean? I'm putting myself behind. I'm going to put you first before me. I'm going to let you go before me. You get the first cookie before me. Kindness. It's a simple thing, and yet it makes it, it, it's so hard for us as humans to do these things. The next thing it says is, love does not envy how many people have two lines of income coming into their home right now? There's two people out working right now in, in their home. So a lot of the times, this can be kind of competitive, yes? Sometimes when you have two lines of income, especially two professionals, when one gets a, uh, an increase in pay or something like that, depending on your receiving of that information, it might feel like... <laughs> She's making more than, than I am. She's bringing in more than I am. Or sometimes a parent can seem like a favorite to the children. These are things, these are times where we need to be honest and be able to say, I'm not going to envy that person because they're one step ahead in this one area. We can be, we can be real and, and genuine with our feelings in those matters. And it's important that we understand to encourage, to rejoice with our partner when they have these moments of success. It's exciting. We're a team. Love does not parade. Uh, most of us have Facebook, yes? Have you ever noticed, and I, I want to say this carefully because I think it's important that we do tell the world, this is my best friend. This is my partner in life. This is exciting. I love him. But when you spend more time telling Facebook about your partner than you tell your partner, there's something wrong. You need to focus on this first. And if you're overflowing and you feel like it will bless others, put it on Facebook then. But don't go to Facebook first. Tell your partner first. Don't go and parade and tell everybody else and not be real and legit in home. Okay, this is a good one. Love does not act rudely. How many of you, and I'm pointing to myself first, give every ounce 
of joy and happiness when you're out in the world. You're smiling, you're happy, you fix all problems, joy, happy, happy. You come home, dogs are barking, kids are screaming, husband's nagging, food is not ready yet, that kitchen's a mess, and you just bark and you just lose it and you lose your patience and you're unkind and you speak rudely. We're supposed to be the first people that, I mean, he's, he's the one that I love the most. I'm the one that he loves the most. And yet I give so much less to him. Being rude is, is a character breaker. It ruins everything that you have between yourselves and, and it builds walls. Speaking with kindness and respect, do not be rude. It is so implemental in our relationship and strength. The next thing the Bible says is, it does not seek its own first. This is a really key element, and I think so many relationships that struggle, and we have had this situation in our past as well. Have you ever kept score with your partner? Have you ever been like, well, he didn't kiss me goodbye, so I'm not making the bed today. Or she didn't clean out the car when she knows that that drives me crazy, so I'm not going to come home early tonight. We continue to have these one-ups on each other that does not allow for that unity to stay strong. When we count and keep score with who's done what better or who's done what worse, You'll never grow. You can't have that commitment and that faith in each other when you continue to be seeking your own first. So this was a big deal to me. Year five, year five was a really big leap for us. And when I learned to fix what is with me first and stop keeping score of what he was doing wrong to me, that was a game changer. When I learned to put him first, and serve him first, all of a sudden, things started filing in order. All of a sudden, our relationship started to feel better. And it wasn't because I had fixed him. It was because I had fixed or was fixing me. I was working on me. How many of you have ever been provoked by your spouse? How many of you have ever, I mean, really, let's be real. Everyone knows <laughs> Everyone knows that your spouse knows you better than anyone, right? I know all his goods, his bads, and his uglies. He knows mine. So why doesn't he use that against me when I've done something to hurt him? We should not bring each other to anger. And that can be really hard, especially when you feel like things are imbalanced or unfair. But we're called to not provoke others to anger. Encouragement. Remember, we talked about that. So important. Also, the Bible says to not seek evil and do not delight in evil. Um, this is something that I think uh, some people don't struggle with, but some people do. And it's important to understand when your partner is doing something wrong, you not only do not rejoice in that, but you hold them accountable to it. When something is going wrong in the relationship, it's okay to say, honey, I love you, but I feel like what that was, you were actually cheating your client out. That, that wasn't a good move on 
you know, before God, these people know you as a God-fearing man, and it would be really important that you fix that and mend that so that you're right with them. The other uh, thing that I, I really think it's important is that the scripture says, does not rejoice in iniquities. What is iniquity? It's sin. We cannot rejoice in sin and still have the love of the Lord within us. It's important that we keep right before us and God. And when we have God within our hearts, we still want to make those right decisions and hold each other accountable in doing those things. He's my accountability partner, and I'm his. But the scripture gives us some really good things about what to do. So listen up. This is exciting. Love bears all things. No hiding your cards against your chest. You need to show your spouse. You need to show your partner. You're all. You bear all things. You share all things. When the ups are up, you're up together. When the downs are down, you're down together. Love believes all things. When I have faith in my husband and I trust in him, I'm going to rely and I'm going to trust and I'm going to rejoice in the fact that I can believe in his word. Well, what if his word is not always trustworthy? What if he's lied to me? Then what? I forgive. I let it go. I don't bring it up again. And I trust in him again. What if Jesus had treated us the way that we treat our spouse? What if he would continue to hold our wrongdoings against us every time we messed up? Our love would be very, very, very small, I think. It's really important that we trust in our spouses. Um, years ago, many of you know we're from Seattle, Washington. 2007 was one of the hardest years for us because um, the market crashed. And if you know anything about us, we're in real estate. Well, real estate was a bit of a doozy in Seattle, Washington in 2007. We literally lost everything we had. This was a big deal because everything we had built up, we had built up together. We worked really hard and we were very proud of what we had. And it all, all of our empire crashed. And God had put in him hope that we were going to be okay. And I couldn't see that hope. I was very nervous and I was seeing everything, our cars, our homes, everything that we worked so hard for were being taken from us because of this market crash. And he said to me, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And had I not had trust in my husband at that point, I could have said all the things that my heart wanted to say was pointing fingers and you did this wrong. And if you hadn't have done this, we would have been here. Where would we be today? More than likely not here together. We had to stop and be humbled together and learn to trust in each other. And he said, God said, we'll be okay. And I trusted in that. And that was monumental. Those were groundbreaking, character-building moments for our relationship. When you go through those hard times, right, couples, 25 and plus, those hard times were really the ones that probably built you more than any, much better than the good times. Good times are fun. Those are the bells and whistles of marriage. The hard times are the character-building ones. 
hopes in all things, if we don't have hope, how can we as believers not have hope? Of course we have hope. When you're going through hard times, but you know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because Jesus says so, of course we have hope. Cling to that. Two more things that this scripture says. Love endures all things. Let me say it again. Love endures all things. Married couples, are there times where you want to give up? Are, you are there times where you feel like, I don't think I can wait another day. I don't think I can do this another day. Love endures all things. And it takes two. And it's a lot of work. But boy, it's worth it, isn't it? Love never fails. Amen. There's power when we say love never fails. So um, the beautiful thing about practicing with our spouses also is that for those who have, for those of us who have children, they're watching. You know, kids learn more than what they watch us do than what we say to them. They do. So God and his love, it is gracious in that when he encourages us to be kind, be loving, be patient, endure all things, lift each other up, you know, on a daily basis, we're also training our children, training them for relationships. Home is the first school. There is no perfect relationship. Sometimes we end up in great relationships, but let's be honest. Sometimes we get into relationships that are not healthy. They're abusive relationships. They're toxic relationships. They're not Christian relationships. And so, not every day in relationships is a good day. Not every day is a happy day. But then there is love. There is hope. And so, for us, it has worked. We're not where we need to be. Nobody's perfect. What works for us may not work for another couple. What worked for Howard and Mary Lee and the other couples may not work for somebody else. But that doesn't mean that there is no love. God made us different for a purpose. We all have a purpose that we've been called to. And so our spouses, as spouses, we are there to either lift our partners up or bring them down. Bring them down. And we lift them up by loving. Love is the secret ingredient. And as that old song says, love, baby, love. That's what it is. So um, 
so for us, just to tell you, to share a little bit for us, it was the first five years were very challenging because, you know, I was born and raised in Central America. She was, you know, born and raised in, in the West Coast. And so, as you can tell, I traveled a long uh, way to be able to meet her. But the thing is, you know, how, how do you bring two people together from two worlds apart? Culture, language, the way of life, everything. I'll tell you what does it. Love. That is the, the love that God puts in us. But that doesn't mean everything was easy. It's a journey. And I think that when the love of God is in our hearts, we can endure the bad days. It's not just about the good days. You know? Not just about the good days. Our world is beautiful because we are different. Because we are different. And so I think that the question is whether we are humble enough to um, recognize where she's strong and where I am weak. Where I'm strong and she's weak. And am I humble, kind, loving enough to understand that? To lift her up? Because that's how we get to the good part otherwise we stopped we stopped and how many good things would we have missed if we had stopped at year five it's 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 a journey you know the the um expression we are married for better or worse some of us forget about The worst part we only remember the better and we give our spouse the worst part we forget about that we got to make sure that we give also the better of us to our spouse it's about that it's about sharing everything communication As we close our conversation here, we're going to open the Bible, our Bibles on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. The Word of God says, And now abides faith, hope, love, this three. But the greatest of this is love. So what does it take then to enjoy a good relationship, to build a good relationship? I think that oftentimes we don't take the time. And so then we, we, we focus on what we want, not what we need. God knows what you need in a partner. God knows what you need in a partner. So first, make yourself available. 
Make yourself available for the love of God to abide in your heart. Because if you love God, you will love others. Practice. Practice acts of true love with the people that are around you now. Don't wait until you are in the market for a spouse. Be kind at home. Be obedient. Be submissive. Be humble. That means with whomever I have at home, my parents, my brothers, my sisters. Home is the first school. And let me tell you, church family, Satan's number one priority is to destroy the union at home. Because if he wins at home, he wins everywhere else. He breaks us apart there first so that when we go out to look for relationships, we are already broken. The fought, the fight has already been won. We go out broken. We have the opportunity to practice. We are believers. They talked about unequal yoke in the video and how of a struggle that is. It's easier when we both love God. It's easy when we have those conversations out in the open about goals, purpose. What do I want in life? Who do I want to be? Children, money, careers. All of those are important things. But the Bible says that among faith and hope, among those three, the greatest one is love. So remember that love never fails. The question is, are we available to receive that love of God so that we can then begin to give love? We cannot give what we do not have. If we have the love of God, not only our relationships will be anchored in his love and we will be able to lift each other up, but also we will serve in our communities, in our church. Wherever we go, we will spread that love of God. And that is our prayer for our church family, for us today. We're not here because we are at the top of our mountain. Relationship is a journey that you take day by day. And some days are good, some days are not good. But with the love of God, you can endure. And then you can be married for life. Love never fails. Let's pray. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, you are the pure example of love. And by being blessed to be called your children, we receive that love. And Satan continues to pull these things down on us and, and tell us that we are not capable or we're not worthy or we're not able to pass on that love. But God, you've already put it within us. So Father, I pray for these relationships in this room. Every single one of us have a relationship. Every single one of us have people that mean a lot to us. And I pray, Father, that you bless those relationships. You teach us to rely on each other, to be committed to one another, to be 
exposed and vulnerable to one another. God, you know the relationships that are struggling right now. You know them. You see them. And I pray that you will bless them with your presence. Expose the areas where they need to work on and heal the hurts that are still hurting. Father, you see the relationships of people who are pursuing, looking for their life partner. God, you know what their desires are. You know who that person is. I just pray that you bring unity to those relationships that are still in search. Father, I thank you for the blessing of relationships who are examples to us now. God, you've blessed us with opportunities to be surrounded by people who know what the hard times feel like. God, please allow for us church to rely on each other. Teach us how to open up and discuss with others here. If I'm struggling, help me to rely and open up and rely on my relationships with others here to be encouragers so that we can continue to strengthen our relationships with one another. God, I pray that as we leave this room today, that you take back that contagious love, fill it within us, and put it out in the people that we touch as we leave this room. I just pray, Father, that we will continue to show that contagious love that you once sparked so many years ago. We just pray that you'll continue to bless us. Thank you for the food that's already been prepared for us. And I pray that you bless it, bless it to our bodies. Please bless the lay hands that have prepared it. We want to pray for those who are not able to join us live today. God, we pray that they will be able to return soon because we miss them. We pray all these things in your precious, holy, and lovely name. In Jesus' name.